I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm worried. I'm real worried. We need every single person in Utah taking wildfire prevention seriously this summer. This year, it's serious. Absolutely. Some of the driest conditions we've seen in years. We don't have a reprieve coming in sight. Today on KSL Plus, we're just a few days away from when Utahns will be able to legally light off fireworks and fire officials are concerned. The, the problem is if you stand up on the hillside and look out over the valley on 4th of July, it, it is absolute mayhem across the entire valley with fireworks. And if it's raining, not a problem. But it's not going to rain this year. It just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. There's been a lot of back and forth here. State lawmakers say their laws give power to the municipalities. Well, we have a law, okay? And so the law, the current law, allows the governor to ban fireworks in unincorporated areas of the state, on state lands and on state trust lands, SITLA. And he's done that. Even professional shows he's banned on those areas. He does not have the authority to ban them in municipalities. We left that authority up with the local government. City leaders like Sandy Councilmember Zach Robinson. The way that the state code is is drafted and so... Say the law doesn't let them go far enough and they need state-level interference. You know, there's appetite for us to do more for our community. Unfortunately, our hands are tied and we can't do, we can't do more. We, we've, we've basically enacted what regulation we can at a local level. And Governor Cox argues he's done all the legislature will allow. I received um, uh, a, a legal opinion last night from the attorney general's office and from my general counsel that I do not have the authority um, to implement a, a statewide ban. I'm encouraging local communities to put those restrictions in place. Um, they do have the authority to do that uh, to some extent. Um, and that depends on how close they are to wildland urban interfaces. The, again, and the statute is fairly complex. I've told the legislature I think it's a terrible idea um, not to have additional restrictions this year. Um, they, haven't, they haven't shown any interest in, uh, in doing anything more around that. So we are relying on local governments to, uh, to put those restrictions in place. So what's really happening? We've been working to untangle all the legal webs this week across the combined KSL and Deseret News newsroom. Who has the power to do what? And how did we get here? I'm Matt Rascone. Let's break it down. The Utah Fireworks Act was last updated in 2018 and a bipartisan push to give cities more power over which fireworks they will and won't allow. 
Janie Iwamoto, Utah State Senate. Jim Dunnigan, Representative. Senator Iwamoto and Representative Dunnigan used a bill to shrink the number of days people could light off fireworks in the month of July from 14 days to eight. In other words, four days around each holiday, July 4th and the 24th. They also gave the municipalities more control, allowing them to make maps of where they want to ban fireworks. And then the city said, you know, the current law lets us ban it in the urban interface. That's where the hillside or the mountainside comes down to civilization. But we have, like in Salt Lake County, for example, we have the Jordan River. And, and, you know, what about that interface? So we, so we said, okay, that's fair. So we put in there that a river, a wash, a ravine, a trail, you can go on 200 feet on either side of it, and, and you can ban them. And you can also say, if it's a historically hazardous area, like a high fire risk, you can ban those. Or if, and then uh, they said, well, you know, like Salt Lake City said, we don't have the Jordan River that goes through a certain part of our city, but we have a lot of dry grass that are flammable. And so we said, okay, so we put that specifically in there, dry grass-covered areas. So we gave the cities quite a bit more authority, and we said, just draw a map so people know where it's legal and where it's not illegal. And then the, uh, we stipulated all the firework sellers, the stands and the stores, have to post a map and more prominently display the dates and the times of when people can discharge them. And so that was a compromise. We cut the days almost in half. We gave the cities more latitude of where to restrict them, and, and that was agreed upon, and that was a legislation that passed three years ago. But if they want to ban fireworks across the whole city or county, they have to rely on history. Two of the last five years have to have had hazardous conditions in the ban area before July 1st. Even if they can show that, there's a deadline to get a map drawn up of where they want to ban those fireworks, and that deadline was May 1st. Setting those those deadlines is arbitrary and shackles the hands of the people who are responsible for their communities and making those decisions. What about an executive order? Governor Cox said last week the law doesn't allow him to make a statewide ban. And in a legal analysis done for his office, neither does a state of emergency allow him to ban fireworks. Ultimately, the law gives no one the power to make a statewide ban. To do so, the Utah legislature would need to change the law. We're going to go back to the table after. It's hard because we're not, we don't have a legislative session until January, but we meet after every fire season with stakeholders. And uh, I think that the chiefs and foresters and everyone are working together really hard. Um, and, and so the enforcement is key too. You know, the enforcement's going to be key. And they said they're going to bump up the enforcement all around and people just need to be really careful. And these maps... It, it does work in a sense because, you know, when you look at like Holiday City, is it seems like a ban. Like Park City is an outright ban because all of the area is, is crazy and an Immigration Canyon. So it does work to ban if those areas are in that need. So we're going to see how that works. It's, it's different for every city. And that's why I think local control is really important. Senator Tom Weiler spoke to David Jujenovic on KSL News Radio to dig deeper into the dynamics at play here when it comes to all these different branches of government. Senator Todd Weiler, why does our governor not have the power to ban fireworks statewide in this drought we're in? Well, you know, all 
all facetiousness aside, this country was established because we didn't like the powers that a king had. And without, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic when I say our government was set up on the national and the state level to divide power into three branches. And so there is no law, that, and everyone knows from fifth grade, right, the legislature makes the laws and the executive branch, which is the governor, enforces a law. So there is no law in the books that says the governor can um, ban fireworks. There is a law in the books that says the governor can declare a state of emergency. And we all know that he did that, President Trump did that, other, every governor did that for COVID. I, I think that we can all agree we, we don't. So, so when a state of emergency is declared, it kind of collapses those three branches, at least the two branches, the legislature and the executive. And, and we do kind of make the, the we give the governor some extraordinary powers to work um, during a state of emergency. So, so those were traditionally thought of if we have an earthquake and everything's disabled or something like that. We do want one person to be able to make a, a bunch of decisions to help us out, you know, to get through that disaster. And the real controversy last year was when the state of emergency wasn't just 30 days, it was 60 days, 90 days, and then it was a year, and then it was yeah. a year and two months. And so um, so the governor does, and, and he's being a little bit disingenuous, um, short of a state of emergency declaration, I don't think he has the power um, to, to, to ban fireworks statewide, but he does have the power to declare another state of emergency. And I, I don't think that there's the political will to do that. And, I, and I'm glad there's not, because we should not be in a situation where the governor's, you know, willy-nilly declaring states of emergency. But th- we do have uh, state and local fire marshals who do have wide discretion. And we've also vested uh, in the local city councils and mayors and our, of our 249 cities and towns the power where they can restrict and ban fireworks in, in, in sensitive areas. And, um, um, and, and, of course, those mayors and city councils would often prefer that the state legislature make that decision so people that want to blast off their fireworks aren't mad at them, they're mad at the state legislature. Yeah. But I'm fairly confident that that's a decision that should be made on a local level because all 249 cities and towns are not facing the same conditions right now. I can tell you, I don't think there's support in the Senate. I know there's not support in the Senate for a statewide ban because we have state and local fire marshals and city councils who, where appropriate, already have that authority. And I think the sense and the feeling is, is that authority um, is best exercised on the local did level. You, did you do a straw vote to figure out that there wasn't the support to do a statewide ban on the part of lawmakers? Um, we did not do a straw vote, but based on the discussion, it was overwhelmingly obvious that we were comfortable that that mayors and city councils could make those de- decisions in consultation with their fire marshals. Let's get away from all the laws and all the statutes and everything and just say, in common sense today, we're in a drought. You know, we have a lot of dry grass. We have a lot of dry shrubs. This may be a really good year to just pause on fireworks, just this year. Just don't do it. Now, if for some fluke it rains heavily on 4th of July, great. But we don't see that in the forecast. And uh, all of these little grass, all of this little piece is going to be really dangerous. So think about the possibility this year of just don't do fireworks this year. Um, how worried are you? I, and I know we all keep asking it. How bad yeah, is it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm worried. I'm, I'm real worried because 
the last couple of years, we've had some wetness around Fourth of July, and we still have fires. When I the I, I came here as the chief in January of seventeen, and in seventeen we had a very ugly uh, fire season related to fireworks. We had two apartment complex fires. We almost lost some homes in Cottonwood Heights, and this season is worse. So the problem is we might have had. 80 fires related to fireworks last year, but only 10 or so of them became anything. This year, if we have the same number of fires, I would imagine 40 of them or 50 of them will get out of control before someone can get it with a garden hose. No matter who is in charge of what, when it comes down to it, firefighters and everyday people will be the ones cleaning up the messes from fireworks in an unprecedented year of drought. And so if we have that problem in, seven, in 2017, I've got 120-some people on duty every day. I had no one available for a few hours because we were running nonstop calls. Then we had a couple of wet years. This year's not that. So I'm really afraid that we're going to be completely committed on dumpster fires, on trash fires, on shrub fires across the entire valley and be really having to pare down our responses and not be able to effectively suppress a fire that might be spreading. It's June, and we've already seen one wildfire destroy one home and force evacuations in Enterprise, and several other wildfires that have burned across the state. My understanding is last year we had uh, we had over 60 fires in the state that were caused by fireworks. Um, over 60 human-caused fires that didn't need to happen, and uh, the, one of those can turn into a million-dollar-a-day fire. That's, that's, uh, that's how damaging these things can be. The 4th of July and 24th of July celebrate our ancestors' sacrifices to give us the freedoms we have today. We can debate who should have the power to ban what, where, how all day. We can argue over local control versus statewide control, executive control versus legislative. But over the next month, the choice to shoot our own fireworks or leave it to the professionals is up to us. So how are we going to use our freedoms this year? I'm Matt Rascone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week on KSL+.